Hello, everyone. It's time for our next story. After Christ was baptized, he decided that he wanted to spend some time with Heavenly Father. So he went to a special place and worshiped in a special way. Do you have a special place or a special thing you do when you want to feel closer to God? Jesus chose to go into the wilderness so that he could be alone, and he decided to fast so that he could get have greater spiritual strength. Fasting is when you choose to humble yourself and go without eating or drinking for a certain period of time. In our church, we are asked to fast once a month for two meals in a row, but Jesus chose to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, you or I would die if we went this long without food or water, but since Christ was a divine being, meaning that he was part human, part God, he had the power and the strength to be able to do this. Little children don't need to fast, but as you get older, you can ask yourself when you feel ready to fast, and then talk with your mom and dad about it. You might be wondering why we fast. One of Jesus' twelve apostles once taught that fasting, along with mighty prayer, is powerful It can fill our minds with revelations from the Holy Ghost, and it can strengthen us against times of temptation. I think this is exactly why Jesus chose to fast, as you'll soon see. After he was done spending his special time praying and feeling of Heavenly Father's Spirit, he was feeling really hungry. And guess who came along to bother him and tempt him to choose to do wicked things? Satan himself. Sometimes, when we have really special experiences with Heavenly Father, Satan is right there to distract us from the truths that we have learned or will learn from God. Do you remember from the book of Moses that after Moses had a visit from God, Satan came to visit him and tempted him to doubt everything that God had just told him about who he was? Or when Joseph Smith knelt down to pray to Heavenly Father out loud for the first time, but then Satan appeared and tempted him to be distracted and too distressed to pray? Well, here was Satan questioning Jesus after Jesus' special experience with fasting. Satan asked him, Hey Jesus, if you are the Son of God, why don't you turn those stones right there into bread, huh? I know you must be so hungry, so why don't you use your power to give yourself what you want right now? Do you know how Jesus answered him? By quoting scripture, he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This means that although we do need food to live, food alone can't give us a joyful life worth living. It's when we live according to the words that God has given us through his scriptures, his prophets, and the Holy Ghost that we can truly live happy lives. Well, after that, the Holy Ghost took Christ to the top of the temple in Jerusalem, where Christ could overlook the beautiful city. Then Satan appeared again and tempted Christ by asking, If you are the Son of God, then why don't you jump off the top of the temple? And then Satan himself quoted scripture and said, Don't you know that the scriptures say that God will send his angels down to lift you up in case you come into any danger? So if you jump, the angels are sure to save you, and then everyone who sees you will believe that you really are the Son of God. To this, Christ again quoted scripture and said, It is written in the scriptures that we should not tempt God. This means that we should not use God's power or his priesthood to try and prove that he exists with physical evidence. We should not put ourselves in harm's way and then expect God to protect us and save us from death or danger. Well, after this encounter with Satan, the Holy Ghost took Jesus to the top of a high mountain so that he could overlook all the kingdoms of the world in all their glory. While he was there, Satan came to him a third time and said, Hey, Jesus, I will give you power over all these kingdoms that you see if you will fall to the ground and worship me. Well, since Christ created our world for us, who do you think really had all power over the kingdoms of our earth? Yep, it was Christ. So why would Satan promise to give Christ power that Satan himself didn't have? One title for Satan is the father of lies. He loves to lie to people in order to get them to worship him. He loves it when people worship him and give him their power. So he will do whatever it takes to get it from them even if it means lying to them and promising them things that he doesn't have, like power, peace, happiness, and joy. Well, to this temptation, Christ said, Go away, Satan. The scriptures teach us that Heavenly Father is the only person we should worship and serve. After that, Satan left Christ. Did you know that you can tell Satan to leave you alone when you feel like he is tempting you to do something you know is wrong? Yep, it's true. And reading and memorizing scriptures can help you have the strength to make the right choice and ignore Satan's temptations, just like Christ did. Well, after Satan left, Christ found out that John the Baptist had been thrown into prison by King Herod. And so Christ sent angels to comfort John while he was there. Jesus then went into Galilee to spend more time with the people there, and he continued teaching in their synagogues with power and wisdom. The prophet Isaiah once prophesied that Christ would live in Nazareth. He said, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. 
They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Isaiah called that part of the land the shadow of death, because two of the twelve tribes of Israel, those of Zebulun and Naphtali, fought many, many battles over the land there, and many people had died in those battles. Christ living and teaching there would be like a light shining to those who had lived in darkness. Well, one Sabbath day, when Christ was in Nazareth, he went to worship services in the synagogue, just like we go to church each Sunday. Jesus stood up to read everyone some scriptures because it was his turn to teach the people that day. He chose to read a scripture from Isaiah that prophesied about some important things he would do to save Heavenly Father's children. This was the scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. After he finished reading, he closed the scroll he was reading from, gave it back to the minister, and sat down, as the teachers there would do when they wanted to teach about the scriptures. Everyone in the whole synagogue was staring at him, waiting to hear what he would have to teach about these scriptures. You see, he was already very famous around all of Galilee for the things that he taught and the miracles he performed. So everyone in Nazareth, where he grew up, was waiting to see if he would do the same for them. Jesus opened his mouth and said, Today this prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. And in truth, it was. Jesus was the one anointed, or the one chosen and blessed, to become the Messiah, which is actually another name for the Anointed One. Well, what was Christ chosen and blessed to do? Just like the scripture from Isaiah said, he was chosen to preach the gospel to the poor, both in money and in spirit. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, or to save those who sacrificed to him through broken heart and contrite spirit. He was sent to preach deliverance to the captives, or to give hope and freedom to those who were in spirit prison, or who were tied and bound up with sin. He was sent to recover the sight of the blind, for those both physically and spiritually blind, and to set at liberty those who are bruised. Do you remember when Mother Eve was cast out of the Garden of Eden that Heavenly Father told her that Satan would have power to bruise her children's heels, but that Christ would give her children the power to crush Satan's head? Well, Christ was now on earth to fulfill that part of Isaiah's prophecy. He was chosen to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, which means to preach that the Messiah had begun his ministry, which he had. Well, everyone who heard Christ declare that he was the Messiah wondered at his words and said, Wait a second. Isn't this guy Joseph's son? Isn't he from here, from Nazareth? We're his fellow townspeople. Why isn't he showing us miracles like he did in other places in Galilee? 
Christ knew what they were thinking. So he explained to them, I know you guys are wondering why I don't show you miracles, but I know that prophets aren't really accepted in their own towns. Don't you remember when the prophet Elijah was alive and there was a famine going on for three and a half years? Well, Elijah did not stay with the Israelites to help them since they didn't believe he was a prophet. Instead, he was sent to bless a widow who was not an Israelite because she believed he was a prophet sent from God. Do you also remember when there were a lot of lepers in Israel? But the prophet Elisha helped heal the leper Naaman who was not an Israelite because he believed Elisha was a prophet? When everyone listening in the synagogue heard Jesus compare them to Gentiles and lepers, they were so upset. They were enraged because they did not like that Christ spoke the truth to them, so much so that they grabbed him, took him out of the city and up to a hill where they were about to throw him off the hill to kill him. But then he escaped and went to Capernaum which was about 40 miles away from Nazareth on the coast of the Sea of Galilee. The people in Capernaum did believe that Christ was the Messiah, and so he spent a lot of his time there powerfully teaching them about the scriptures and repentance, casting out devils, and healing all the sick people who believed in him. Everyone was so amazed with his power and authority the one time when he was by himself outside the city, there was a group of people who tried to keep him there so that he couldn't leave. But he said, I must preach and teach and heal people in other cities too, because my mission is to minister to all of the Israelites, not just those here in Capernaum. And so Jesus traveled all over Galilee and people from all over even those down south from Judea and Jerusalem, and those on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River in a place called Decapolis, traveled for many days and many miles to come hear Christ teach and preach and to see him heal those who believed in him. Would you be willing to travel that far to see Christ? One day, when Christ was teaching people by the Sea of Galilee, he went and stood in his disciple Simon's boat and asked Simon if he could push the boat a little way from the shore. You might remember that Simon and his brother Andrew were fishermen. So Simon did as Christ asked, and once he got his boat a little way from the shore, Christ sat down and started teaching the people standing on the shore from inside Simon's boat. After teaching for a little bit, Christ asked Simon to go further into the sea and to let down his fishing nets so that he could catch some fish. To this, Simon replied, Master, we fished all night long and didn't catch a single fish. But since I trust you, I will let my nets down. Simon acted in faith. He let his fishing nets down and guess what happened? He and his brother Andrew caught so many fish that their fishing nets started to break from the weight of all the fish. They asked their fishing partners, James and John, to come help them collect all the fish they had caught. There were so many fish in the nets that when they put them into their boats, their boat started to sink. 
Can you believe it? Well, everyone was astonished at what had just happened. And Simon knew that this was a miracle. So he knelt at Jesus' feet and said, I am a man who makes mistakes, and I don't feel that I'm worthy to be with you, so please leave. And Jesus simply replied, Don't be afraid. From now on, if you follow me, you will catch men. You will be fishers of men. Jesus meant that those who chose to follow him, also known as his disciples, would be missionaries. And instead of spending time trying to catch fish, they would spend their time helping Christ to teach, preach, and heal. As soon as Simon, Andrew, James, and John got their boats back to land, they left all their fish they had just caught and their boats and chose to follow Christ. One day, Christ was teaching in a home that was packed with people there to hear him. There was a man who was sick with palsy, which meant that he was paralyzed or that he couldn't move his arms and legs. And he was laying on a little bed and was being carried around by four of his friends. They tried to get him into the house so that he could be healed by Christ, but there were so many people there that they couldn't get in through the front door. So you know what the friends did? They climbed onto the house and tore up part of the roof so that they could lower their sick friend down from the ceiling in order to get him to Christ. When Christ saw the man coming down from the ceiling and looked up at the man's friends who had gotten him there, he said, Man, your sins, your mistakes are forgiven. And some Jewish scribes, who were men who studied the scriptures, and some Jewish Pharisees were there to see what had happened. And they heard what Christ said, and they said to themselves, Who does this guy think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Why is this man lying and saying that he can forgive sins? Christ knew what they were thinking, and he said, What do you gentlemen think? Does it require more power for me to forgive this man's sins? than to make the sick rise up and walk? Now, I'm going to perform a miracle that will help you understand that I, as the Savior, really do have the power to forgive sins. Then he turned to the man who was paralyzed and said, Son, stand up. You can take your little bed and walk back to your house now. Immediately, the man who had been paralyzed was healed, and he stood up and carried his bed to his house all by himself and praised God. Everyone there who saw what happened thought it was a miracle too, and they praised God. Some of them were kind of afraid and said, Oh, we saw some strange things happen today. Remember, Some people are afraid of miracles because they do not understand them or don't believe that God can do all things. Do you think that the scribes and Pharisees now believed that Jesus had the power to forgive sins? Well, after Christ healed that paralyzed man, he was walking outside and saw a man named Levi, also known as Matthew, working as a publican. 
Do you remember that publicans were Jews who worked for the Roman Empire to take money from the Jewish people in order to pay taxes? Well, Christ asked Matthew to follow him, just like he had asked Simon and Andrew and James and John to follow him. And just like they left their nets, Matthew left his job and chose to follow Christ. Matthew held a dinner party for some of his friends, and Christ and his disciples went too. Some scribes and Pharisees were really bothered by this. As you might remember, the Jewish people did not like publicans. The scribes and Pharisees asked Christ's disciples, Why are you here eating with publicans and sinners? Christ heard their question and answered, People who are healthy don't need a doctor. Only people who are sick need doctors. I didn't come here to earth to ask the righteous people to repent, but the people who sin and make mistakes. Christ would often eat dinner with sinners and those who needed to be taught about repentance and how to live with Heavenly Father again, even though this bothered some of the Jewish leaders. Christ was then asked the question, Why did the disciples of John the Baptist, and also disciples of the Pharisees, choose to fast often, but your disciples don't fast? Christ chose to respond in parables, which are stories about something you are familiar with that also teach you something about his gospel and Heavenly Father's kingdom. Here are the parables. Christ asked, Well, can those who go to a wedding party be sad when the man about to get married is with them? As long as the groom is with them, they have no reason to be sad. But when the groom leaves, then they can be sad and fast. Christ was referring to himself as the groom and to his disciples as the people at the wedding party. While Christ was with them, they had no need to fast. But after he would leave, then they could fast. He also taught them that no one should try to sew new, unwashed, and unfitted cloth onto old clothing, because the new clothing probably wouldn't stretch as much as the old cloth and would probably tear the clothing even more. He also taught that no one should try to put new, bubbly wine into old, hard wine bags, because the bubbles would make the old, brittle bags burst. New wine needed to be put into new, stretchy wine bags that wouldn't burst, but would stretch along with the new wine, even when it was bubbly. He also taught that if you're familiar with a specific drink that you really like, it might take your taste buds a while to learn to like a new drink since it's so different from the old drink that you like so well. Christ gave them all of these parables to teach them that while John the Baptist helped prepare people to receive him as the Messiah, he wasn't going to teach them the same way or the same things that John taught. John the Baptist taught people to follow the law of Moses, which was good. And Christ was here to teach people to live their lives according to higher laws or laws that were perhaps harder to keep but that would help them become even better people. John was like the old cloth, the old wine bags, and the old drink, 
and Christ and his teachings were like the new cloth, the new wine, and the new drink. In this way, Christ was teaching us that sometimes it's hard to follow the prophets and the scriptures when they teach us something different from what we're used to. But we can change our perspective and we can do it with Christ's help. Well, little chickadees, that is the end of our story for this week. I'm excited to prepare next week's story. Until then, have a great day. Goodbye.